Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. This is Prita Matla, and I have an amazing guest today. Her name is Dr. Laura Brayton, and she owns a holistic chiropractic practice in the New York area, actually in New Jersey. And she has dedicated her entire life to be to empowering women, specifically through conscious conception and through a healthy pregnancy. And she's created this amazing center for women to go to focused on helping them bring children into this world consciously. She works in the chiropractic center, but she focuses on pregnancy, pain and back aches and um, third trimester issues such as switching the baby's position and supporting families and little children as they are basically coming onto this earth and needing adjustments. And it's so much more than that because she brings in all these really, really amazing healers into her center and has such a dedication to her career and to her journey as her own mother. So as her becoming her own mother. So I'm so excited to have her on this podcast today. We go deeply into her practice, her classes, her courses, and also her center and her own journey through spiritual motherhood and conscious conception after her marriage in her later years. So it's a great, great podcast to share as we go into nutrition and we speak about chiropractic work, energy work, turning on your pelvis area and the importance of really looking at all the parts of your health before you have a child. If you would like to learn more about that, please go to drlaurabrayton.com. If you want to learn more about my work, head over to mysticalmotherhood.com. All of my courses are there and available to purchase. You can work with me one-on-one. You can also go work with Dr. Laura Brayton one-on-one. She's doing telehealth consults. So I'm so excited for you to learn more about this and how important chiropractic work is before you become pregnant. And we're just very aligned and had a great conversation. So enjoy. Let's jump right in. I just did a little introduction and I'd love for you to just, you know, tell us, I mean, I know your story, but I want to hear, you know, how you started your career and why you have such an amazing passion for maternity and for women and how we aligned. And so, and your own process of easily conceiving mm-hmm. and birthing. So natural, you know, such a natural process. So just go. Yeah. For it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I'm very excited to be on this podcast. It's so fun to switch seats and not have to be the uh, host and to have the opportunity to be a guest. Um, but essentially, my story is um, began when I was in utero. And my mother um, was having lower back pain. And my dad, who was a huge advocate for chiropractic and I think secretly would have loved to have become a chiropractor, said, hey, why don't you go see my chiropractor and, you know, he'll help relieve your lower back pain. So my mother had never been to a chiropractor, but she went because my dad, you know, supported that decision and she got a lot of relief. And so therefore I benefited from the... um, adjustment while I was in utero because babies certainly, um, you know, receive health and balance when they're, um, in utero because their position in the mom's pelvis is impacted by, um, the mother's alignment of her pelvis, the sacrum and how the uterus connects to the sacrum 
and, um, you know, can really create the position of that baby and, and help give mom relief and baby relief, as well as hormonal and chemical balances that occur when the nervous system is in balance. So that was my experience. After I was born, my, the chiropractor educated my mom, hey, bring in your, your baby for chiropractic adjustments. So I've been under care my entire life. It was part of our family wellness care. But I think back in like the 80s, you know, not a lot of families were all receiving chiropractic care, but it was something, so it was kind of unique. Like a lot of my friends weren't getting chiropractic adjustments, but my sister and I did, and we loved it. And then, you know, even when I was in college, I'd come home from school, I'd call up my chiropractor, hey, I want to come in. So it just became the lifestyle that we lived. And I think the other thing that I love about um, being in that environment is that the lifestyle isn't just receiving chiropractic adjustments. It's also, um, learning about eating nutritious foods and we had a garden and we, we, you know, spent a lot of time in nature and we were very active and moving and hiking. So it was, it was very, um, much this holistic lifestyle that I was, uh, raised in. And I think, you know, and I give a lot of uh, credit to my parents for, for raising me in that lifestyle. So um, when I, so it it was natural for me to become a chiropractor. And then when I did, um, I was always uh, drawn towards working with pregnant women and babies. It was just something I always felt that passion to specialize in that type of chiropractic care. I have a question. When your mother did this in her womb. Was she doing this with you or did she do this with the other children too? Um, my sister and I, yes, both of us. Were you, were you first or were you, was she second? First. Because I believe that each child brings the gift of what they want the mother to start to do so they begin to learn it in their, in their lifetime. And so when, when I was pregnant with India, I didn't know what Kundalini yoga was until, you know, after my 120th day around four, four months. And then I became obsessed with it and I became a practitioner. And then now she's around it all the time. Right. And so I realized if I hadn't had conceived her, I don't believe I would have become, that would have become a part of my life. And I wonder if at your, your soul going into her womb created, you know, the desire for her to be in, like, she would have maybe done it without you to such a, a level. Does that make sense? It, that does make sense. I've never thought about it that way, but that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, because I do feel like that was certainly part of my calling, right. And not just become a chiropractor, but specifically a chiropractor working with pregnant women, you know, perinatal fer- fertility all the way through postpartum. Um, so I'm, so I'm just so, you know, blessed that my mother, um, and father were both, you know, it introduced me to that lifestyle at such an early age. And so then you are really career driven and you're, I mean, you guys, she's awesome. She started this amazing women's center. I mean, in a really popular, like right outside of Manhattan and it's gorgeous. It's decorated so beautifully. I was so impressed and I was like, dang, you, you know, you did a really good job. What, like, how hard did you have to work to get there? Did it just flow naturally Mm -hmm. as you got into your mission and you knew what you were doing? Was everything just like boom, 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 or was it kind of a push to get there? And then you're finally like, you know, in it now. Yeah, that's a great question. I, um, I feel like I've always been quite career driven and very mission driven, um, as a chiropractor and especially a chiropractor 
supporting families and especially dyads, you know, infants and, and new moms and pregnant moms. Um, however, it was a lot of work, but um, I'm celebrating 16 years in practice. So um, I feel like that hard, hard work was like in the beginning and now it's more easeful. And, um, and I do feel like there's more of a grace and I think also as I've evolved and grown as a person, things are, um, I'm attracting things certainly easier into my life to help me complete my mission of really my North Star of birthing global peace. Birthing global peace, meaning how do I support more women and having holistic natural pregnancy and birth and therefore more of a peaceful culture coming from those um, empowered birth experiences. And that's really my my bigger mission here. Um, so it's, I started small with just my little chiropractic practice, and it's growing, growing, growing. And um, I'm excited to see you know the the level of impact I can have by really reaching more women um, with my new online program that just launched now. Um, I want to talk about your online program, like in detail, exactly how you know women can get it and ex- what you teach in it, because you have so much experience. But before that, I want to go into just a question because I think a lot of people are always looking for their mission, and there's mm. they're feeling lost without it, especially mothers that you know are at I I birth. I mean, I talk about in, within my books and my work the importance of being creative and being birthing something. If you're not birthing a child, birthing something creative. But I find that a lot of women are just lost in what, what is creative. Mm. How do you find that? I mean, how did you find your mission? And then how do you keep on track? How do you not allow the sabotagers to come in your own sabotaging experiences to not ruin it? And then, you know, all the things that can get in the way, because so many people where you've gone, you don't real. I mean, looking back now, I bet you can have a moment of like, I've done a lot, but until it's just, how do you help people that are looking for that? Yeah. Wow. That is a very deep question. And it's something, cause I work with a lot of women also being in Hoboken that are not yet mothers. They're in their twenties and thirties and they are feeling a little bit lost or even women who are already mothers and are feeling lost about kind of their mission and their purpose. And, um, I have to say, I just, I mean, I remember being five years old knowing I wanted to be a chiropractor. So that was always just very much a part of me. Um, and always really being interested in, in like families and and that type of thing. Right. So I, I feel like that's part of, like, I just always knew. And like, even my, you know, I only applied to one college. I only applied to one chiropractor. Like, it was just like, I was very, um, very clear with my path on what I needed to do to get into the professional realm that I'm at to be able to serve um, at the level I want to serve. But I would say when I opened my practice, I was always looking for mentors and coaches in personal development. And that's something that I started, you know, 2007. And that I feel like was a big part of what helped me get to where I'm at now. So even though I had a practice, it was still like, it could have just stayed small. Do you know what I mean? I could have continued to help locally and serve and, and, and felt like I was living a purpose, but I feel like that wasn't my full uh, destiny. And to get clear on that, it was a lot of working with mastermind groups and women's circles and um, having these surrounding myself with people that were helping me tap into that with different exercises um, so that I could get that clarity. Right. And I mean, I don't know if it's for you, for you too, but for me, 
for me to get to, you know, finding my own mission, it really was a hyper-focus on one thing where I feel like a lot of people get hyper-focused on many things. And they're like, ah, I'm learning this, I'm learning this, I'm learning this. And there was a period that I tested out like different things maybe, but then I really became focused on women and women's health and then all the part, you know, birth and the, the aspects of birth and then now fertility, right? And do you find that in your mission, it's like almost like a hyper synchronicity and hyper focus on, you know, this portion of what you're creating in this lifetime. Is that yes, what you do? Definitely. Um, yeah. Once I had that clarity, all the other stuff wasn't, I mean, even like I had, you know, I was like, I want to write a book and I have a podcast and, but it was still all supportive of that mission of educating and empower women for having this, um, uh, you know, a higher conscious birth experience and how that's going to support her as a mother. And then how has your own spiritual experiences heightened that and, and, and put you on a path that's unexplainable? Yeah. So I think I always knew I wanted to be a mother, but to your point, I was very career driven, very work, very business work focused. Um, and so there was always part of me like, Oh, I'm, you know, I was dating lots of guys and was like never really settling down. You know, I was looking for the right one, looking for the, for the, the father of my child. And, um, it took me longer to find that than maybe some women. Um, but I did have to go through these other life experiences first, I believe to be able to then call in my, my, my husband, my life partner and, um, and to be able to, you know, have my son. Um, and I conceived him when I was 39, um, right after I got married, I had a very easy, um, conception, uh, had a great pregnancy cause I was following all of the things I had been teaching women for years in my practice. And, um, I had a beautiful home birth in the water. Um, so I just feel like, um, you know, his, his birth wasn't really what brought me was what didn't attract me to that. I was already like, this is my mission. And I just, I'm very excited that I got to kind of, um, personally, uh, take my own advice (laughs) and follow my own guidance that I give women, um, and show that, that, yeah, this does work. This is what's possible for women. And it's, you know, don't call me, uh, you know, old, <laughs> you know, like a, I'm not this old woman that I was like, I, I'm, uh, I'm following this lifestyle that's allowing me to, to have the type of pregnancy and birth I want. And so tell us the components of what you've taught all these years and what you've learned and what your method is that is soup that, you know, that is it's working and, and how has it affected the women that you work with? Yeah. So it is really quite basic in a lot of ways. Um, it's really the chiropractic lifestyle. So it's really just being so clear about how you live your life every day. You know, what type of foods are you putting in your body? How are you nourishing your body physically? How are you, um, impacting your uh, alignment and the nervous system function of your body? And, um, and also just doing regular detoxes. That's a big part of my program in the beginning because this is preconception is doing a very deep detox because unfortunately our environment is so polluted with chemical toxins that um, before getting pregnant, it's really optimal to do a very deep cleanse to help clear out the vessel of uh, the physical body before a woman gets pregnant. How, so I how just, do you do that? What do you, what would you do? Cause there's so many ways to cleanse out there. There's packages, there's Arbonne, there's Dr. Junger, there's, mm-hmm. there's medical medium, there's 
master cleanse? What, what do you do? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there are a lot of different cleanse options out there. The one that I use in my office for years now and use for myself is from a company called Zymogen and it's a medical food, um, shake essentially that you have to get through a healthcare practitioner. And it's just loaded with um, antioxidants and anti-inflammatory ingredients specifically for the gastrointestinal system, the liver, and um, it's just working on our major detox pathways and cleaning it out. While you're doing the shakes, you're taking um, a liver capsule, herbal capsule cleanse with that. And that's why all this has to be done before conception. This is not safe during pregnancy. Um, and then there's a homeopathic liver drainage. And you're following a modified elimination diet. So you're essentially taking out not only junk food, but you're taking out common allergenic foods like gluten, dairy, corn, citrus, soy, and you're eating very cleanly. And while you're eating that way, you also get an opportunity to not only get the inflammation down because food sensitivities can create a lot of inflammation, which creates dis-ease in our body. But then we're also then when after the 28 days and you start to slowly reintroduce these foods, you can become much more attuned to what foods you are sensitive to because you'll notice more of an immediate reaction as opposed to if you're eating these foods daily, there could be more of a delayed reaction. And you know you might have some joint pain or sluggishness or brain fog and not be able to pinpoint what foods are creating those symptoms. And how long, I mean, do you think that 28 days is enough time? Do you think that we could do it? Like you think like 90 days is better? It really depends on the person. If they're coming in in an overall healthy, good health status, then that is, that is, I mean, that's to that deep level. That's good. They can continue. Um, but to your point, if they're actively wanting, if they want to get pregnant, it's great to start this work, not just one month before you start trying, you want to start maybe three to six months prior to start actively trying. Um, but that just means you're still eating cleanly, but maybe you're not doing, um, like shakes only, for example, in the middle of the month, you know what I mean? Like you can do more of a maintenance schedule with following the modified elimination diet and maybe one or two shakes a day. Um, and that's also really important if you're look if you need to lose some weight before getting pregnant, if you need to get to that healthy, optimal weight, then I recommend doing that maintenance schedule until you you hit your your goal weight. And um, how important is it to eliminate caffeine? Yeah. So there's so many different mixed messages out there about caffeine. I think all of us are in agreement that you know, too much caffeine is never a good idea. Um, and I think a lot of people generally do consume too much caffeine. I mean, if you're getting a cup of coffee from like a, say a Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, one cup isn't the grande, right? Like it's like one cup is like this much. So, um, you know, I think having that understanding, um, of the amount of, of coffee, caffeine, and also the quality is important as well. Um, like, is it a digestive aid, like an espresso to help you, you know, digest your, your meal like in Europe. Um, but in general, they do find that, um, caffeine is linked to miscarriage in the first trimester. So I think, um, Certainly, if you're preconception, it's great to start weaning yourself off during this cleanse phase. Just weaning off. Okay. And when you, I'm sure you have a lot of women coming to you with all the children. Now, what about men? How do you, do you, do you know how to improve sperm or anything that they can do? Or do you ever work with them? 
Yeah. So with a preconception couple, we ideally they both do the cleanse. And the reason why is there's this epigenetic component where before conception, there's 50% of the genetics from the the egg and 50% from the sperm. And um, both partners are... um, you know, responsible for their lifestyle. So if they're both actively making healthier lifestyle choices, they will actually improve the gene quality that they pass along to their um, child. So this is all done before the conception happens. Um, And I would say that this healthier lifestyle would improve fertility as well, also for both men and women. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very much lifestyle. You know, if you see guys, you know, they do show like smoking marijuana can uh, lower sperm quality. Certainly, um, saunas, hot tubs impact sperm amount as well. So these types of things need to be aware of. And, you know, your the weight, if you're carrying extra weight around, then you're going to be carrying toxins, um, in your fat, and that's going to potentially impact the genes that you're passing along. So there's an empowerment knowing that, you know, 85% of our genes are controlled by epigenetics. So we can control what genes we turn on and what genes we turn off through our lifestyle. And is there any supplements you recommend that women or men take? And why did you choose the, what's the name of that? Why why did you choose that one? So that one better than the other ones? It's a, it's a company that I've known and worked with for years. And I think what I, so I really have a lot of trust in the quality of their um, ingredients in their um, supplements and they have a whole line of supplements too. So for example, if a woman is having um, irregular periods and um, hormonal imbalances and is looking to conceive, then we'll put her on some additional herbs and nutrients to help restore her cycle and get a, a normal menstrual cycle. Um, but you know, with Zymogen, they, um, they only, uh, are sold through healthcare practitioners. And what I like is a lot of supplements, um, you know, you can find them on eBay or Amazon and they do not allow that. So like they shut that all down. They invest millions of dollars every year to prevent this type of third party selling. So they really want it to be, um, you know, uh, essentially somebody who is a practitioner and, and licensed to be the one helping support and guide patients and how to, and what supplements to take. So listeners can reach out to you for probably a telehealth visit to see Correct. what supplements may be good to work with. I do a reception or during pregnancy or, or anytime, right? Anytime. It's called a remote bioenergetic session. So it is through, I can do it remotely and I talk to them about what's going on with their health. And that includes autoimmune issues and other, um, types of health, you know, chronic inflammation type of health issues. And, um, and then based on that conversation, then I do muscle testing, um, to help determine what supplements are, um, customized for that specific patient. So the cleanse is kind of non-custom, right? But then we can add in specific custom supplements as needed. If there's additional health concerns that we need, they need support around. And I also have my own, uh, prenatal, um, supplement as well that is, um, available. That's also available on my uh, website, drlaurabrayton.com. Awesome. So then, so that's the first step. So you do that for maybe 30, 90 days, let's say, then, then let's say you're going to conceive in, you know, five months. So you do the cleanse, maybe start walking, 
What other things? Yes. Let's, let's talk about how you're moving your body. You know, at least here in the New York city area, you know, a lot of people sit all day. So sitting is the new smoking. So how can we um, encourage more activity, more movement, get a standing desk? Let's talk about your posture. Are you all hunched over your computer? How can we have better ergonomics, especially if you're working from home? You know, a lot of people have been kind of like half-assing it in their home office. And it's like, listen, if you're going to be working from home for a while, let's invest in a quality chair and a standing desk. And let's set a timer so you go outside and go for a walk, 20 minutes, get some fresh air. You know, there's so many amazing um uh, fitness classes you can do virtually now. So if you don't even have time to go to the gym or you want to work out wearing a mask, do a virtual class, like schedule it in, especially if you, um, especially if you don't have children yet, you have so much time, (laughs) you have so much freedom, (laughs) believe it or not. I didn't know until, um, I didn't know back then how much extra time I had in my life, but, um, you know, now I have a three and a half year old and it's busy. So, you know, scheduling in these self-care habits are huge. And then they become a habit after 21 days where you're moving better, you're moving more, you're sitting up, you're going for chiropractic adjustments, you're getting massage you're getting acupuncture, you're meal planning on Sundays, you go to the grocery store, get all the ingredients you need for the week. So you're not making poor eating decisions where you're like fast food, quick, you know, you're like, no, I have my healthy meals ready to go to support your, your fuel for the week. And I think the other thing too, is like, what, what are you thinking about? Like, what are your thoughts? Because thoughts create chemical changes within our body. And if we're stuck in this negative story, then that will really create a lot of inflammation in our body. So we want to look at how can we um, change those types of stories. And there's so many ways out there. You know, in my office, I do Psych K, which is really powerful for addressing subconscious beliefs. Um, Hypnotherapy is another way. EFT. There's so many different ways to help uh, address our our subconscious patterning um, and change our story. And and I've mentioned many times, like hip um, different podcasts, how powerful. I mean, I always am a big fan of Kundalini yoga because I it's a subcon it pro- reprograms your subconscious. But then there's also hypnotherapy, and I've talked about um, Lacey Phillips method, and she's online. She's easy to access. She's an amazing hypnotherapist. That like I listen to them every day, and I feel like I've gotten just as much out of hypnotherapy as I have Kundalini yoga. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if that's true. If I'm doing one or the other, I mean I'm I just I fo- and I, like you I focus on, on on one thing and I get I do it to the I take it as if it's my deepest practice for the rest of my life. And I really, really do it deeply, but I find I change more when I really get into one thing. Yes. Um, I've done that with both of those. And I would say, I agree with that. I personally like to do that as well, but I think what's cool is there are so many different modalities out there that people will resonate with different modalities. So you find the one, you try different ones, you find the one that works for you and then you, you dive deep. Right. True. Yeah. So Anything else that you use as a part of your method that you, that you, that's. Yeah. So when I created the Brighton Birth Method and the online program went live, I put a lot of, and especially now having gone through um, pregnancy and birth myself, 
Um, something that came up for me that was not part of the teaching I did before was not even about the pregnancy and the birth. It was about my relationship with my partner. So I found that when you're going through this major life event and I, you know, it doesn't just impact the woman, it impacts the couple, right? Um, it put a, a stress on our relationship and we were newlyweds. You know, I gave birth three days before my one year wedding anniversary. And so we were still in that newlywed phase, but I found that the stress of pregnancy and birth and then certainly having a newborn did stress our relationship. And so I've been learning about um, how communication and specifically in marriage and, and with and with partners who are looking to become parents, how can we improve on that? And once again, like, I wish I had known this preconception. I didn't even, wasn't something really on my radar and now it is. <laughs> so what do you teach uh, women and men and women? What kind of things can they talk about yeah, I think it's a lot about really learning how to communicate in a healthy manner. You know, uh, disagreements may, will probably come up, but there's healthy ways to to, to disagree. Um, and it's really kind of recognizing back to that subconscious pattern. You know, what did I learn as a child about how to communicate with an intimate partner by watching, in my case, my parents and how they communicated? And then what did my husband learn from his parents so, and then how can we maybe do better than that, right? How can we improve on that and um, become more conscious of when we are triggered by our partner, um, how we're not just reactive to that and blaming and name calling and, and things that are hurtful to the relationship, but how can we actually um, have a disagreement in a healthy, not necessarily calm, but in a more productive manner um, that's healthier for our relationship and will also be healthier for us as parents. Yeah. So I've talked about this a lot in my work too, where I found that in many couples that they meet at the level of the wound. I call it the original wound in my newest book. And so if one of their wounds was 12 and one of their wounds was eight, they will actually meet at the level of a 12 and eight-year-old when they're feeling scared, fearful, or fighting. Mm -hmm. um, and then as you advance in consciousness and become more aware, you actually just meet at the age you're at. You're like, I am, you know, 36, I'm 51 in this moment, and I am, I'm acting that way, right? Right. So what do you say to the people that are listening that aren't, you know, they don't have a, maybe a partner so conscious, or they're not really that conscious of their own patterns yet. That's what you're saying is really, you know, advanced and aware. Where do, where do we begin if, if we're just on the beginning of awakening? Yeah. So there's some great uh, resources out there. Like um, after, after the baby, oh, what is the name of that title? Ba the ba and baby makes three. Are you familiar with that? Those? No, I don't know that. Okay, so it's a relationship. They're psychologists or relationship couple, and they talk about this type of communication. So even just starting by reading a book about this, and you can start to recognize when you go into the, you know, when you start to be nasty, like you start to you're, you're start to name call your partner because they've triggered you. Um, you, you read about in the book and ideally you're, it's reflected back like, oh yeah, when I'm mad, this is what I do. And then you learn through that, like how you can 
you know, first of all, the awareness is the first step, right? <laughs> Being aware that you're doing this. Um, ideally, your partner's also reading the book and becoming aware of it. There's therapists, you know, if you wanted to work with a professional that's more objective and is able to kind of mirror back to you and your partner about how you're communicating. So you can learn. This is all, these are all, there's an ability to learn is what I'm saying and grow if you recognize that this is a, an issue. And what about all the people that are thinking, I didn't do this when I had a baby or I didn't, you know, what, like, I didn't, wasn't conscious. I wasn't, you know, prepared like this, or I had a surprise pregnancy or didn't go like that, or, you know, that are in that right now, what can they do to... Yeah. So they're already a parent, right? Yeah. And so now there's an opportunity. So it's never too late. So it's like, well, it's just like you can still continue to grow and evolve your consciousness. Um, and I think um, ideally, if, if your partner is still around, which I unfortunately do know a lot of times couples end up divorcing after children because these triggers just become too de- you know, device, decise, what I'm trying to say, um, split them apart. But the whole point is, is that um, your children, your children will also continue to be a mirror for you of where there's an opportunity for growth. Um, So I don't know. I just, I personally love to grow. So I'm always, you know, like I went to so many Tony Robbins events. I'm like, I want to learn more about how I can always improve myself and, and, um, and serve at a higher level. It's just something that lights me up and fills me with joy. So I enjoy reading these types of books and, and going to live events and seminars and, you know, like you said, podcasts. I mean, you could just listen to so many mentors out there. Um, you know, I have a great podcast, Well Justin Mama, and I have so many amazing guests you've been on there that are just sharing their wisdom and knowledge. And if you just commit to listening to this or reading these types of books, you know, these are the beginnings. You start to awaken and you start to be like, oh, wow, there is, there's something else available for me, right? There's, I, you know, I can get unstuck. Yeah. And it really starts for what you're saying, Laura, is, is it really starts for me, it really started with the physical body and then I, you know, then the emotional, then the mental, I mean, it's kind of all at once, but it really, it really isn't. It's a step-by-step process of the physical body. I just intuitively started to do a ton of yoga and I intuitively started to run through the woods. Like I had to work through my physical body first and other people may have an illness and autoimmune come up or something comes up that makes you work through that part of you because you have to get through the density. And then as you move forward, you know, the emotional body becomes clear yes. and then the mental body. And then, then you go into the really high spirit. Do you find Spiritual. that too? I, I think universally, the physical body is always foundational. Um, and that's something I've also learned from my mentors. And I just see it every day in my chiropractic practice. I see people come in. Um, I don't have a pain-based practice, but I do see people come in at times in severe pain and it's emotional, right? But we have to address that physical pain or they're not going to be able to, to move on, right? And that's that's kind of the beauty and gift of chiropractic is I can really do so much with that foundation and structure. And then... I see them start to make different choices in their life when they're feeling better physically. So yeah, if you don't, if you're in pain, it is hard to, to grow and evolve. Like that, the pain is all you can focus on, but when you feel good in your body, you're the, there's so much opportunity there. And I, and I also see that people can be, it feel, it looks like it appears most people can be stuck in the physical body 
for many lifetimes. And it takes, you know, it takes them even some, that's the conscious awareness we're speaking about is that you move, you know, you have to be consciously aware of that. Oh, this isn't just my physical body. This is my emotional body. This is my mental body. When you're in the beginning of it, you don't understand that they're all connected. And it's like in my first book, Mystical Motherhood, I use Maslow's hierarchy to talk about how you go into these higher spiritual realms or become that self-actualized human. And you have to go through these different levels of yourself, which also go into what we're talking about in the beginning, preconception, is there's levels. There's levels of the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual that all have to be addressed to become a whole person, to create a whole person. That's right. And in your chiropractic process. I mean, tell us some stories about women who've come to see you and mm-hmm. how they've changed even with the basics of using it. Cause a lot of people don't even know like, Oh, you, before you give birth, you go to a chiropractor mm-hmm. that's new to most women. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, yeah. How do you explain that? So, I mean, I would say even now the majority of my practice, women are coming in for their first visit during their pregnancy. And ideally I'd love to see them preconception, um, and work with them and doing the cleanse and, and structurally addressing their alignment. But a lot of them are coming in during the pregnancy. They're, they're coming in because the Facebook moms groups are all saying, okay, they're having back pain, let's say, or neck pain or headaches. They're not able to just reach for a pill like they might've pre-pregnancy. So they're looking for some relief, Um, maybe the baby's in a breech position and their girlfriends are all like, oh, you have to go for this, go to this chiropractor. Right. And also that's the other thing to remember. It's not every chiropractor specializes in pregnancy and babies. So you want to find one in your area that does, you can go to the ICPA number four kids.org icpa4kids.org or.com and um, find a chiropractor is on there. And the chiropractors listed there um, are specialized in the Webster technique, which is for pregnancy or um, they have pediatric training and or both like I do. So um, anyway, so if they come in, let's say second trimester or sometimes third trimester for their first visit, they're coming in a lot of times with some pelvic misalignment issues, some sacroiliac joint dysfunction, uh, you know, round ligament pain, pubic symphysis pain, um, headaches, these types of things are all quite common during pregnancy, but they're not normal. And what's exciting is there's a drug-free approach to help address these symptoms and um, eliminate the symptoms with chiropractic. It's safe, it's gentle, and it's essentially addressing, correcting the misalignments and the structure of the pelvis and spine. And then um, taking stress off the nervous system so the body can heal itself. So these women might come in with back pain, but then the back pain we're able to resolve quite quickly, usually within a couple of of adjustments. But then they'll also be like, oh, my uh, reflux has improved or my constipation has gotten better or uh, my migraine headaches have gone away. So it's like there, there are other symptoms that they had that they didn't think were related to the back pain are also improved because of the nervous system function that we're addressing. Um, So that's something I see a lot. I also see women that are having um, a baby in a transverse or breech position in the third trimester. They're wanting to avoid a surgical birth. And unfortunately, most practitioners nowadays do not vaginally deliver a breech baby. So these are scheduled C-sections. And so they're looking for other options. And the Webster technique is really, it's so simple, but it's 85 plus percent effective with um, 
getting a, a transverse or breech baby to go head down. Yeah, and it worked for me for both of my babies. Wow. And, and I went to the chiropractor and the chiropractor turned Sage in India. It's amazing. Yeah. And I would say it's, it's, it's so, it's like, I mean, it's not, it's not like an external cephalic version, like where, you know, the OB is pushing on the, on the belly to turn that baby manually, which is quite forceful and has a lot of uh, risk to it. All I'm doing with the Webster technique is literally balancing that woman's pelvis and getting the pelvis back into its proper alignment. And the way that's so effective is because a lot of times um, because the uterus does attach to the front of the sacrum, if that woman's sacrum or tailbone is out of alignment, it's going to create this intrauterine constraint. And that's what causes that malposition of the baby. When we balance the pelvis, we balance the ligaments, we balance the muscles, then the baby is able to go head down vertex, which is the position they want to be in. And then the times that it doesn't work is really because there's a non-musculoskeletal reason for that breach position, like a malformed uterus or a short umbilical cord. Um, and if it's a first time mom, we don't necessarily know about what her uterus shape looks like or, or whatever, but I would say regardless, it's safe and, you know, it still helps women feel better, even if the baby doesn't turn. Um, so it's worth trying if you have a baby that's not head down. And I, the earlier, the better. I have women coming in at 36, 37 weeks. I would really have loved to have seen them around 32 to 34 weeks. And um, do you think that this kind of work, chiropractic work, work helps with conception? Oh yeah, because of the nervous system function. So the nervous system is the computer of our body. It controls every cell of our body. And when, especially when we're talking about conception, what do we need to be optimally working? Our reproductive organs. So the nerves going from our lower back to our uterus and our ovaries um, are coming from like around L3, L4 level, the lumbar spine. And if there's a vertebrae out of alignment in that lower back, it can impact how well the brain is communicating with that those organs through the nervous system. So I do find that by getting that, um, those, that specific segments of the spine back in alignment, we're able to help. Um, certainly the, the, the most instantaneous thing is, is getting women's uh, menstrual cycles regulated. So women that have irregular periods or painful periods, um, then we adjust their lower back and their periods regulate typically quite quickly. Um, where I've even had women, like, let's say they were a few days late for their period. They get uh, an adjustment they go to the bathroom and they have already started bleeding. It can be, it can be that fast. So it's just like turning the power on and then the body's like, Oh, this is normal function. Let's, let's get back to it. Right. You know, right. it's just allowing the body to have normal physiological function. And if the body isn't having that, which is including fertility, if the body is having challenges with that, we have to identify where is the block. You know, it's really interesting. It makes me think of, I remember reading in medical medium where he says, well, if you've been on birth control your whole life, you're, you're telling your body to turn off and then yes. you're doing that for 15 years. And then you all of a sudden think you can take it off birth control and then turn your body to turn, tell your body to turn on. Yeah. And so he explains how you have to provide energy to that part of your body to like energetically say you're to turn on, but nobody would think these things. They just think, get mm -hmm. off birth control, you'll get pregnant, mm -hmm. which doesn't, 
always a sometimes fight, right? it happens but not always and it makes to me like why would you think your body would just like snap right back on because it's, the doctors tell you it will well okay that's but, why and, and, and yes sorry get off of this and you'll be fine but it's not the case for everyone and, it, and yes we know what some women that get pregnant immediately after going off the pill so we know it is possible but i would even say like don't you want some time to detox all those synthetic hormones out of your body before you get pregnant. And that goes back to that cleanse right you now. Now, if you were to do this and have a baby, let's say it's you and you, from everything you've learned, right? How long would you do- detox for? I personally, I did six months before I conceived my son. On purpose or on, like kind on of purpose. Like, on purpose? I knew I was getting married. I knew I was turning 39. I knew I wanted to start trying as soon as we got married. And so I started before my wedding. And how important do you think it is to be married for the women that are listening that are in these kind of alternative relationships or I don't think it's important at all. It was important to me. Okay. But I don't think that's relevant for every woman. Um, I think for me, I just grew up with that vision. I wanted to attract a partner. I wanted it to be a husband. I wanted to have that in my life. And I wanted him to be the father of my child. So that was my story. Um, but I do think, and I do want to share this because I actually heard this story today um, of a woman uh, locally in the area who was like, I never want to have a child. I never want to have a child. She was in a toxic relationship, breaking on and off with this guy and then finally ended it attracted a new partner and now just had a baby girl. So in other words, sometimes even our relationship with becoming mothers can very much be impacted by our intimate relationship. So being in a healthy, intimate relationship, I think is the, is ideal. I mean, but there are single moms out there as well. I personally can't imagine. I think it's really hard for me to be a mom with a partner. Um, so and uh, next question. So you, so this is for you because you, you're the expert and this is what you would do for yourself. Um, and also we all know that you're, you're very driven, but so we can find a balance for the listeners, but you're, you would do six months and you did six months. And then w- what did you do with your body while you were, you know, did you, how did you work out during those six months? Oh yeah. I was very committed. Um, I had a trainer, so I was doing a lot of strength training because I really wanted to stay fit. Um, and it's interesting cause you know, in the past I had, um, ran the New York marathon and that was really depleting for my body. So that was something that like, I wasn't interested in running during this preconception stage because for my, my physical body that felt like it was too hard. It was too hard on it. So I was doing the strength training, um, and I was doing biking and I was doing, um, you know, like bar type classes. So getting my heart rate up, but without like the pounding of, uh, of, of going for a run, for example. Um, so I just found workouts that felt good for me. Yoga was a big part of my life, especially during the pregnancy. Um, but the preconception stage, I probably worked out a little bit harder and I did maintain that for part of my pregnancy as well. And then I got to a point where I wanted to, to slow it down and I kind of switched more to just uh, the prenatal yoga classes. And did you put your husband on any specific herbs or supplements that you recommend to the listeners? Yeah. So before our wedding, you know, we had already talked about wanting to have a baby. I said, honey, I want you to, to do a cleanse. And he was like, okay. And he was, you know, he had done cleanses in the past, but I was like, okay, let's do one now, you know, 
pre-wedding, pre-conception. And I would say he he did it half-assed, <laughs> but he did do it a little bit. And I think that was the other thing is, you know, when you're dealing with a partner, you can't make them do anything. Um, so I model and I inspire. But at the end of the day, I have to also be at acceptance that he did what he did. You know, maybe instead of, you know, maybe he did he the, the shakes for two weeks, let's say. So, um, you know, it's better than zero. Anything else you want to share with us before you go that you've seen work for women in your community or? Yes, I want to talk about a birth team. So I think that's something that's really been missing for a lot of women. They have, you know, um, they, let's say they, you know, they get pregnant and they, you know, didn't put a lot of work into getting pregnant or even they did, maybe they saw fertility specialists. Now they're pregnant and they have the OB that maybe they've been seeing for years for their, um, you know, annual PAPs. And they just assume, well, this is going to be my birth provider. And I think it's really important to recognize number one, that, you know, your GYN who was, you know, essentially handling your, your pelvic exams on an annual basis as a um, non-pregnant woman may not be the right fit for you as a birth provider, right? There's a whole different skill set regarding your prenatal and, and birth care. And in addition to your birth provider, who, which also can be a midwife, so understanding that when you are pregnant, especially in the beginning of your pregnancy, you can interview different birth providers to find which birth provider is the right fit for you. And certainly if you're a low risk, healthy woman, you know, look, interviewing midwives makes a lot of sense to me, but also recognizing you can choose where you give birth. Um, you know, I personally gave birth at home and it was the most amazing experience of my life. So recognizing that that is an option for you if you're low risk and healthy and don't have any health complications, working with a midwife. And then in addition to the birth provider, um, having a team like a doula, a prenatal chiropractor, massage therapist, acupuncturist, yoga instructor, like a team that is here to support you. And then even already knowing ideally during your, while you're pregnant, who your lactation consultant is, if you're wanting to breastfeed, like kind of having that, that teams, um, lined up for you. I had a postpartum doula who was extremely helpful. So it was starting to interview and, um, you know, get names from these, like myself, I give out a lot of um, referrals to these types of providers, or you can ask your girlfriends who, you, who they used. But just knowing that these types of services exist, and it's all about supporting women during their pregnancy, birth, and, and postpartum phase, and that you don't have to do it alone. Like we, You can have a team supporting you. So how can people find you? in the area? How can they do telehealth with you? How can they find your classes and, and private consults and your mm -hmm. team that you work with at your center? Yeah. So um, the best way is to go to my website, drlaurabrayton.com. That's D-R-L-A-U-R-A-B-R-A-Y-T-O-N. And it has my web, it has a link to my practice, which is Hoboken Family Chiropractic and Wellness. And um, you can sign up for um, in-person sessions as well as virtual. 
um, for the private one-on-one sessions. Um, and then also there's a link on the site for my new online program, which is in a group setting. It's called Brate and Birth Method. So you can go there to join that. Um, I have my prenatal vitamins available on the website. And then if you're interested in doing the cleanse, then that would be through that um, that private virtual session. We can do a consult and then we can have the products shipped right to your home. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us and please read the notes and we'll have all of Laura, Dr. Laura's information, Dr. Laura Brayton's information below. Thank you so much. Thank you.